0: Anna, hello. How are we today?
1: I am doing very well. Good afternoon. I almost said good, good evening, morning. Good evening, good
0: morning, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> All right. So we did get some good feedback from our little segment where we talked about you know wins and losses. And we actually went down the, the rabbit hole of losses, which I think was a really good discussion and some good learnings from that. So I figured this week, let's focus on somehow, I don't know if we're ever going to get my win my loss, your win, <laughs> your loss each week and still have an episode after that. So let's pick <laughs> one. And we haven't talked about it, but I believe you did have a win this week. So why don't we Why don't we kick I off did. with that?
1: Yeah, someone who I met uh, while offering some mentoring services in a professional organization while I was full-time reached out to me about a freelance project that I, I know I've, I think I've mentioned here that I'm being quite selective on the types of projects that I take on. Just because I'm at that stage, I just don't want to do the kind of work that I don't want to do anymore. And this is a perfect project that's super fun and in an industry that I have a lot of experience in. And so I'm just really excited. And uh, the lesson here, gang, is if you have an opportunity to to do something nice or valuable for someone, take it. Uh, This all came about because I was asked by someone from this professional org, oh, would you mind hopping on a mentoring call and helping this young marketing leader? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and now here I am getting a really rewarding project out of it. Financially rewarding and professionally rewarding. So uh, that makes me super happy. I've, I'm, I've never actually had to sell, which is actually somewhat to my detriment in, in my yeah. entrepreneurial career. And uh, that's because I like to think because I do good work and because I you know care about people and do things when I can. So anyway, that's the win. Uh, I'm really excited to work on this project.
0: Yeah, that's a good win, right? I mean, again, it's good things come to good people. You do good work. It's it's going to get paid back. Sometimes we need do need to amplify it so more people hear about the good things that you're doing. Yes. So even after last week, the good things are already happening back after we talked about it. And if you didn't hear about it, you have to go back and listen to Diana's story. It was yeah, it was a really Sorted good conversation. tale. Exactly. So um, no, that's fantastic. And Maybe I'll oh, give thanks. you just a, a brief win that I had this week that I've been on the, I wouldn't have been on the fence. I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I finally pulled the trigger and found a really good resource that's going to me, help me build a, a course, right? The first time nice. I've been talking about this forever, you know, between mentorships, the podcast, everything else, it made sense. But me, it was, I always getting that, you know, done is better than perfect type. I don't get in that. I need to think and approach it better, but got introduced to a resource that that's what she does is helps, you know, creators and so air quote experts, you know, create courses to to help more folks. And so signed the contract this week, we start working tomorrow. So I'm super excited about it. And we'll we'll see where it goes. So like I said, eating my own dog food or drinking my own wine and using some experts to help me where I don't have that skill set.
1: Yeah. What is it exactly? Is it like taking what you do from a consulting perspective and helping you identify how to? I'm creating a word here. Courseify it, or is it on the actual like build out and recording and that the grunt work of it?
0: I think it's a combination, right? It'll help me think about where people are going to get the most value from it, right? Because you and I have been through this. And you've helped me with some of my content in the past, right? That, you know, every business owner is at a different stage. But if I can kind of talk about start to finish, you know, the things that I've learned where if you're earlier in your journey, one, you probably can't afford to bring on a resource to help you do it. But if I can put some of these frameworks in place and teach you how to use it, there that there's going to be value in it. And at some point you'll get to the point, hopefully, that you'll, you know, reach out and say, hey, that was a lot of value, but I could use some help in this specific area, you know, if that leads into it. So. Like I said, I've had, I think, the material forever and I just kind of sat on it. And so I had a a couple meetings and she kind of outlined what her vision for how we could use this and how people could get some value from it. So I'm like, all right, done, sold. Let's go. This is the new me.
1: Let's keep talking about that if you're cool with it, because it actually aligns with what I was hoping to bring up with you, because that is part of my I've talked about this a little bit, but I'm trying to rebuild, you know and I, and I had my business on the side and and just did freelance stuff. not that there's anything wrong with that for everyone who's listening, but where I am in my life and, and you know going back to a couple episodes ago in Katie and Katie and designing your business around your life, that's something that's very top of mind with me right now. And courses are at the fo- foundation of that for me. I'm trying to build, my like business says around my life, I'm trying to drive multiple streams of income as we prepare for likely an economic downturn or even a recession. And uh, courses are at the forefront of that. And uh, I first talked about creating a course with my friend Dennis Brown back in, get ready for this. How long? 2014. 2014. (laughs) How many courses have I created since then? (laughs) Zero. Zero. So it's frigging time. I would have been way ahead of that curve too. But like, I've learned so much more as yes. a marketing leader, as a an entrepreneur, and, and so I'm in a better spot to do that now. But I'm actually working on that right now. I'm working on my free webinar sessions. They're basically free mini courses on their own, and then um, then the the bigger tickets that go with that. And so I'm curious, like, what I know you said you just signed the dotted line, but like, are you looking for that as an individual stream of income? Are you looking that at that as sort of like a uh, just a, a nice funnel to get people into the bigger ticket? Like, what's your thought process there?
0: It's a good question, and it probably should be more detailed and said. This is exactly how this fits into my my vision. I guess the way I'm thinking about it, right, with a lot of the advisory work, it's one to one where the podcast is one-to-many, you know, the course could be one-to-many. So how do we hit more one-to-many's and then just really focus on -on one-on-ones where I could add the most value? So. I don't, I probably, you know, as we we talk about what's the goal, right? What do you want from it? (laughs) And I do want to reach more people and I probably should put them a number around, but it's not necessarily a revenue target at this point. We'll see. I think that's part of what this journey is going to be is, is what is this going to look like when, when it's done? So yeah. um, In process.
1: I like that. I imagine there's quite a few people listening out there who have thought about courses, if only because people seem to be doing so well with them. And that's hard. It's actually really hard to tell how just how well people are doing because, because nowadays it's like, the the Facebook deluge of ads of people you've never heard of talking about how they've made all this money doing this one thing. And now I'm going to teach you how to do it. It's difficult because it's a lot of bullshit and people yes. who are just making up their own systems and they haven't actually done it. And it's like the credibility factor can be challenging. And, and how do you break through and how do you build the audience? And, um, you know, a friend of mine has a very successful course and he doesn't even, he used to be very big on LinkedIn and now he only uses Facebook to sell this course and, and he d- barely even runs ads and he, he had a blog on this site for years, So he's got a lot of equity and the URL and so he gets a lot of inbound traffic, but so it's a, uh, it's a million dollar business for him. And so he was like, well, Diana, just, you know, focus on Facebook to do your course and you'll be successful. You've got a great niche and, and all the, the plan that you've got for it, which Based on last week, I will be keeping close to the vest for now until it's ready to launch. But
0: so you're a little um, closer, but yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I don't want to do that partially because I, I hate Facebook, and partially because I just don't want to contribute more noise. But the courses, um, I'm going a little bit of a different path because I and I also don't have the time, and I don't want to pay someone else. Like I'm I'm a marketer, so it would be a little bit jarring to pay someone to create my social content for me. So, anyway, I've got a whole, I'm working on systems and processes to help me build the relationships and get in front of the people I need to get in front of with the right message so that I can sell those courses. And then I consider that, I guess technically you could consider that passive income because I'm not in front of someone teaching them. However, this is a big lesson for folks who follow people like Pat Flynn or a lot of the people on like Nick Loper's show Side Hustle, which is a great show, and I listened to that for God like six or seven years since the beginning. the Who make it seem like they really don't do anything, but in reality, yeah, there's a hell right. of a lot of groundwork <laughs> and like you know, you're spending tons of time for that passive income. Sure, I may, I'll be making money ideally while I'm sleeping, but the amount of work that goes into that is is extreme. So. So yeah, my, my, my course planning is very much aligned with the kind of formula that I talked about uh, God, a month or two ago, where it's like work backwards. So my, my income goal, let's just say it's, you know, 300 K, how many courses, you know, in each revenue stream, how many do I have to sell? Then how many people do I have to get in front of and how much, and so I've been working backwards on that. And then also identifying the repeatable processes, the things that that can be, uh, automated, and then what other resources I may to, need to bring in in order to make that a reality so that my days look the way that I want them to look. That was long winded. Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I like it. And again, we'll I'll leverage your expertise when I'm getting to that point of, hey, this is getting close to to launch. And I do think we have that shared value of not adding noise to make the noise. But right. I, one of the things that just really grinds my ass sometimes is you know, you you kind of mentioned right somebody that's been in work the workforce for three years, but yet they've got courses to teach you how to do yeah. things. I'm like, yeah, that's BS, man. Because, and maybe not. I shouldn't say it. that's not fair. That's a blanket statement. But in general, right. how much experience do you have to be able to teach somebody? Maybe you found a hack or something that works. But I look at you know, folks put us in the same bucket. I'm older than you are that have you know decades of experience learning things that we're not doing anything with that experience. So shame on us yeah. that we don't get it well, out that's there because it's really
1: of- it. Yeah. Right. A lot of these people are just taking other people's courses and then just like skinning, reskinning them and selling them too. It's like the same old stuff they're trotting out and because they're making more noise and spending a ton of money on ads and and I, you know, I guess don't knock it, um they're creating they they're very good at creating landing pages that convert. And so yeah. they're selling garbage. And so it's like, well shit. If people could sell garbage and, and likely bring in the the, the goal, se- and we've talked about this before, the goal seems to be in a lot of these really lame, lame to people like us who've been there. Um, yeah, yeah. At, at tweets and stuff about it are like make six figures. And again, I caution you, folks: six figures is not as much as you think it is. It really isn't. <laughs> as soon as you hit that hundred k, you're going to be like, um, wait, <laughs> like my life has not dramatically changed. First, or you know, there's self-employment taxes and stuff like that. But your expenses just kind of gravitate and expand toward what you're making. And so I, yeah, please just, just so you know, it's not like some mystical number. It, it can be very life changing if you're bringing in my first job out of grad school, I was making 25 K and I had a, over a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. So like, yes, when I first was making six figures, it was very life changing. It was dramatic and I cried because I was making 25 K and paying over a thousand dollars a month in student loans. I had no money left.
0: Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But like long term, like it's not as great as it sounds. Just trust me in on that. Theory, I'm sorry, that sounds theory, very right? privileged. Yeah. That sounds very privileged and conceited. And to be completely honest, I'm still paying off those student loans, and I'm 41 years old because I had to keep deferring and deferring and deferring. And I'm like the the richest poor person, you know, because I live, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's why I'm working towards bigger things. But um, yeah. you know, it's it's a tough grind. My point is, be very careful who you buy from. However, I will. The, the, I sound very negative today, Brad. I don't know what's the matter. No, being, no, no, no. So You're really... speaking
0: the. It's the realities. I mean, because I see the same thing that the folks that I work with. There's not a entrepreneur that I worked with or had conversations with that at some point they they may not say they got burned, but. Yeah. Did not get results from some guru, some agency. Right. Some because people made other promises,
1: that... yeah, and then you're like, "Wait, what the hell? Like, this didn't work, or my life doesn't feel different, and it's because you, you, you know, you're buying into what this lame person on the internet has to say." And
0: yeah, because they they hit the right chords on the emotions yeah. and said, they "Hey, know what they're you doing. can you can get rich, and it's it, nothing. There's no hacks, right? You can do. There's some short term no. things you can do, but at no, the but end I'll of the day, you what just to be do. careful."
1: And I know that you do this already, but for anyone here who's thinking about uh, productizing or coursifying, since I like this new word I've created.
0: Corsifying, I, I like that.
1: that. Um, your your expertise to to scale and and drive more passive income is buy a bunch of courses like over the years so when i first wanted to make a course in 2014 i spent a lot of money i bought back before lewis house was lewis house like he was like an internet guy but before he was on like ellen and all this stuff i bought like three things from him i was in like a, a micro pod with him and like 30 other people and i spent like 400 bucks on it like legit for acts, per, one-on-one access, basically, or one-to-three access to Lewis House, and, and just a bunch of people I bought courses from, and I learned a lot about what I thought a course should and shouldn't be. Uh, and then now recently, I bought like all of Justin Welsh's stuff. It's funny. Like A couple months ago, just like everyone else, I was like really excited about his stuff, and now I see that it's a lot of like repetition and like a lot of the same games that everyone else is doing, and it's working for him, but now I kind of roll my eyes when I see his stuff. <laughs> Because once that like shiny new, but now it's like, you know, you see the psychological tricks, you see the formulas that, and you realize how you're getting kind of played and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just part of being a marketer, I guess. But like, you'll learn that too, because you're going to, you have to tap into that to to sell. It's just how it goes. And it's not that I don't respect him. It's just that now I'm just like, uh. like even I, the the marketer like bought into the hype and like fell for it all. And I respect it a lot. But so anyway, I I I bought all his stuff. I've been buying a ton of courses from different people. Like, what do I like? What don't I like? Like, he uses like Kajabi, which is like an all-in-one platform. I don't like it. I like Teachable. And, you know, maybe I can make more money if I use a different platform. I don't really care. Like, for me, it's um, like learn from what other people are doing and find what you like. And then choose based on what you're more likely to follow through with. So if you don't want to do Facebook and like, oh, you want to create a course, but you don't want to create the big Facebook audience and worry about all that crap, don't do that. Find another path, like test it out, see what other people are doing. I like to say that I've taken eight years to refine my plan. (laughs) There you go. But in reality, though, I have a very clear idea of what I'm going to do. And therefore, it should, in theory, make it easier for me to execute because, I, you know, a lot of us have done this, but I'm a lot of talk and I haven't really taken action on the bigger things that I've been wanting to do. The things that will take me to freedom and the lifestyle that I have in my head is what I've always wanted as a freelance entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I think we're all guilty of that, or at least most of us, maybe other than Justin. But it probably took Justin a few times to figure out what and how this is going to work. And no, I think you're right. It's designing it backwards. Of what does that life look like? And you know, if if you heard a couple episodes ago, Katie was talking about that when she started her freelance business, it was, "Hey, I want the month of August off to do what I want." I know she's a big climber, and that was part of it, but you know, kudos to her. She built it and she's still stuck true. I mean, she let her customers know in the early days that, Hey, August is off. Now she's had obviously challenges in her growth, but you know, she's, she's been able to design it around that. And I think, man, it's the fundamentals, right? There's, there's no quick hits, unless you're on top of some trend, but most of us aren't right. We're not fighting in some brand new market because that's got its own challenges right? If you're the first one to market, then you got to educate and connect and then sell and all these other things. So, I mean, I don't think there's a, a single, as I always say, there's not a single plan for everybody, but I think there is a process that you can follow to eliminate some of the big mistakes. And why are you doing this? What is What do you want out of this? And if it's a million dollars, why do you want a million dollars? Because then I'm free. Free from what? Right? So you got to figure out what it is and what you like and what that balance looks like. And it, I still would argue almost every time it comes back to time, but where the, the challenge is and some of the things I've been working on with, with folks is, you know, at the earlier stages. So le- if you're less than a million dollars in revenue, half a million dollars, at some point you're going to have to bring folks in, right? We've talked about it before, right. If you're looking at, from a process standpoint, cause I know, you have a love-hate relationship with process, <laughs> but right. So eliminate it. If it's not adding value, if you can't eliminate it, can you automate it? And if you can't automate it, can you delegate it? Now delegate, it's going to cost you money. So we need to think about, and I've found, and I would love your opinion on this is the biggest barrier for a lot of folks and back to people getting burned is I don't know who to bring in to help me do this, right? Cause everybody's selling me the promise and they're better than everybody else. But As I mentioned a little bit ago, almost every one of them has had at least one bad experience with a a vendor or a partner or a coach that added zero value to the process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I get this a lot, particularly since I really don't do writing anymore or I'm very selective about it. And people say, well, can you recommend someone? And the worst thing is it right now? No, I don't have anyone to recommend. And I feel really badly about that because I know what an important... Expense that is, and what a critical task it is to delegate, and um, it's caused me over the years to take on a lot of work that I didn't feel like doing. <laughs> to be but, honest, but, but you know,
0: yeah. but that's this is a really good point because this is the core. I mean, if you go back and look a lot of my old blog posts, it's they're you, right? I'll tell yeah. you, <laughs> you wrote them for me. It's like here's what I'm trying to get across, and you've got that skill to be able to do it. So. I mean, obviously you've got the process and how you work on it, but you do have that skill. So how do you take what's in your brain and and get it into more folks? And I think there's a lot of these freelancers that are super talented that struggle with that because you can't find anybody as good as you are (laughs) to help offload some of the work. So you get get stuck a little bit, right?
1: I imagine there's some writers listening to this too. I mean, when we talk about freelance entrepreneurs, there's a lot of writers. So first of all, if you are good and want referrals, I get asked all the time. So let me know and reach out to me on LinkedIn, please. Um, second, we might be able to, if you're cool with doing this as like an exercise of looking at that, the fact like, okay, Diana doesn't want to do as much of the writing. Well, what is the, you know, let's use what you just yeah. said, some of these questions and like, work backwards from this, because whether you're a writer or you're someone else who wants to try to eliminate and scale and and all of that, um, this exercise might be beneficial to you, but let's think about how someone like me could continue to write. It's what I'm kind of known for. And, and, you know, it's, I was an English major. It's how I accidentally became a marketer in the first place without the, the drain and also the trading my time for money in the way that I am. So Let's say an average blog post takes anywhere, typically, let's say it's a thousand words, 800 to a thousand words, and it'll take maybe five hours. But then you add on the time of, um, like, a lot of people, they either don't want to be involved with it, in which case you're getting a lot of sterile stuff, or like our process was either hopping on a call or going back and forth with emails to get information um, like your insight and your takes so that I could like do the creative and write that. So like, what is the process that could either eliminate? And then with some people um, I'm not going to say you, but you're going to laugh because you're going to know it's you. (laughs) There's a lot (laughs) of delays in getting that information. And then, so then what that does is every time you're following up or you're doing that, that's eating into the rate. And so it's like, um, It's making it less, less profitable, but also it's taking away your time that you could be spending working and getting more clients or whatever. And so the writing part is the easy part, but like, how do you process size and, and, um, or what are some areas that we could identify where we might be able to automate or, Uh, you know, like, I'm just curious how, how we might work through that as an exercise for someone else. That could be the same thing for like a designer and getting feedback and, and all of that. And like identifying, you know, where in the process we could bring in someone else to do that. Perhaps it is, perhaps it's an assistant who follows up or it's scheduling automated follow ups in, if we were using like Asana or something like that. I'm, I'm curious.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because, yeah, 100%. And I think it goes back to maybe the pricing model, right? So if you looked at it, that it's a a retainer, right? So Mm -hmm. let's just use, we'll we'll use round numbers. So for $10,000 a month, you'll write unlimited blog posts for me, but it's one at a time, right? I'm just saying, because what's going to happen is we're not going to do unlimited because in order for that to happen, you're going to take the concept You're going to write it. You're going to send it back to me for feedback or we have to get in a call, provide feedback. You're not starting the next one until I give you that feedback and get it done. So it puts some of the onus back on the the client to say, hey, this is a two-way street. The the better you are at efficiency, the more articles we can get out and the better for you to start again. And then part two of that is what's some of the other stuff that just took time away? So if you could only just focus on the writing and the billing was automated Right. The scheduling was automated or delegated To in order to do that, you could probably quadruple what you're doing based mm-hmm. on the relationship we had back when we were working together just because of you know, people like me, and I'm sure I wasn't alone. And
1: I'm teasing you, but uh, yeah, no, no but it's, it's everybody, it's Brett. Fair. It's not, <laughs> it's not just you. I'm. It was literally a coincidence that we just haven't, but like it is, it's, I mean, anyone who's listening, who's a writer knows that this is extremely frequent. And so, and then, and then actually, if we, if we want to step back even further, part of the problem is it's feast or famine when you're a writer, particularly early in your freelance career, and you need to end up taking a lot of shit clients who don't pay. They don't see the value in hiring for experience, and they're paying you like $75 a blog post or some terrible rate. And you're like, okay, so there's a couple problems with this. One is if that's taking you five hours, you're making 15 bucks an hour, and that's terrible. Um, And then if you even want to delegate something, like you can't afford to pay anyone else to do this, you're making even less. Automating sure can get you up to two hundred, but so like that you kind of almost have to like look even further and think, well, how do I get the kind of clients that are going to pay me what I'm worth? Because there are people who are getting twenty five hundred bucks for a blog post, you know, and um, and deservedly so. And so, what does it take to get those clients? And then even like structuring and, and creating a process and system that will empower you to deliver the work you need. Because I think what a lot of writers and any freelancer will is tempted to do then is to cut corners, not do their best work and hurry because there's so many things sucking into their rate. They're just trying to churn it out and get as much done as they can. And that's not going to help you get the quality of the referrals and the portfolio that you need to earn those higher clients. Like I mean, you should be at a point eventually as a writer where you don't have to send links. Like I haven't sent, I I don't have a portfolio. I haven't had one in years. And I had someone ask me for one once and I was like, I'm so sorry. I haven't had that in years. I, you know, I, I'm a former marketing VP. I've, I've been doing this for very long time. I'm publishing entrepreneur and blah, blah, blah. Like people don't ask me for, for that anymore. And I was I trying Oprah. to say conceited <laughs> that damn tootin. Yeah, no, um, (laughs) that was a good, that was a good job. But like, you know, if you, you get to that point, that eliminates another step that you need to do. So like, you, you kind of build on and I'm not trying to sound conceited, but this is how it goes, right? When you get to a certain point in your freelance entrepreneurial career, you naturally can kind of discard some of those things that hold you back. And, um, and it gets there. But so getting the bigger ticket clients helps. But setting up your processes when you're on the lower or mid ticket to help you be efficient and, you know, put all of your energy into your work is is great. But then there's also the alternative, Brett, of simply charging enough and then paying someone else to do the writing and then removing yourself completely. I've never quite felt comfortable with that part.
0: Well, maybe as an editor or you can find folks that have similar writing styles as you. Yeah. I mean, I think – I forget, Brad did design joy, right? He's got the million, almost $2 million business, and he's the designer who's never found another designer that he trusts, but he's figured out through the pricing model, because I think it's six grand per month and they get unlimited designs, but it's one design at a time. So the quicker the customer is getting it turned around, he's only focused on what he has to do. And until he hears back from the customer, he has nothing else to do. So... Yeah. I think if we all kind of take that approach with our expertise, it's going to add a lot more value, even with with kind of more my my business on the consulting advising. I'm trying to get away from the, the consulting because that's not really what I'm doing. It's more okay. of the advising and say, hey, if you've been burned, right? You know, and, and maybe I'll bounce this off. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about it. So the analogy I'm starting to work with is right when you're building a house, right? Even if you haven't built a house are you going to be the general contractor are you going to get the plumber the electrician the designer the architect right and that's the same thing as building a business right we're just kind of a different scale and the number one thing i hear all the time is i don't know who to trust right yeah. so i'm going to go and say well trust me and i'll help you but right where i'm right. trying <laughs> just trust me i'll i'll help you but but i think that, that's where I can add the most value is say, hey, one, because of this podcast and the number of people I've met, you know, I've got a highly vetted network of folks that I trust that I know will do a job. And two, I can help them because of my experience, where you should be spending those dollars, right? Is it in content? Is this where you're lacking? Or do you need somebody in customer success because, or do you need it in delivery based on where your business is? And just take some of that, that guesswork out. Because I think that's, you know, we talk about those, the numbers of folks that get to a million, right? One out of 10 get to a revenue number and you know, one out of a hundred get to 10 million. And I think it's just when you get to capacity, right? Which you've been is who do I bring on help alleviate that? If you make the wrong choice, the wrong hire, all of a sudden your business is in trouble because whatever margins you had are gone and now you're picking up. So I don't, we'll keep this episode positive, but I think that's a big gap, and a lot of entrepreneurs take a leap of faith, and if they get it right, good things happen. But you know, we've all got skill sets, so how do I know who the best paid marketer, right, P- Facebook person is, or do I need, you know, what I'm saying LinkedIn? Do I need a content SEO strategy? Yeah, you probably need all of it, but at different stages of your business. So, so it's, it's just finding those right people to to do it.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. And you know, quickly going back to the whole idea of the process, like paying attention to what you're doing and where you have frustrations and just writing that down, writing how you feel, what you're doing, how much time it takes. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass to do all of that, but doing it as often as you can with as many different types of clients and customers as you can is going to really help you even just work more efficiently yourself, but then really identify, look at those patterns and trends, identify who should be taking this on how long it should take them and then determining how much it might need to cost you or what tools you might be able to use and i think that's really powerful and i totally absolutely unequivocally am going to be taking my own advice because i am the queen of do as i say not as i do 100 really, yeah,
0: like, yeah 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 <laughs> really
1: bad and uh but this is like i i I almost wanted to start writing down the stuff that's coming out of my mouth. Like Diana, do this for the love of God. <laughs> right,
0: um, I do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, hundred uh, percent right. I mean, I think we're all we'll, we're all guilty, but but it makes sense, right? It just yeah. it does. And I you know we've talked about the book Who, Not How. Again, I'd highly recommend that to entrepreneurs. At some point, we, we should try to get Dan or, or uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other his co-author's name on it. Both really good. You know, but that book is really geared towards the the 25 million in revenue entrepreneurs. Yeah. But the the fundamentals are there, man. If you don't yes. like it or you're not good at it, there's people out who out there that are good at it and like it. So yep. how do we leverage those folks to help build the business? And so that's why we're having this podcast to help, you know, continue to educate and question. So if you guys and folks do have specific questions or things that you want to Ask, do drop us a note.
1: Yeah, good stuff. And you know, there's also room too for, along with Kale Newport, so good they can't ignore you, cultivating. So if you can build those processes and delegate and automate and do all the follow through on them, then in, in a lot of ways you can rediscover the passion that you actually had, why you started doing this in the first place, the, the part that you enjoyed, the writing or the designing, whatever the case may be. Because you've removed the junk that you don't enjoy, and and so whether it's bringing in someone else to do it, or if you want to stay a one person shop by automating and, and bringing in ten ninety nines and all of that, like there's so many ways as an entrepreneur that you can do that. Uh, whether it's bringing in someone else who enjoys the stuff you don't like, or simply you know eliminating that from your place so that you can focus on the parts you enjoy. Uh, there's never been a better time to to do that, to test and and change and and make your business work the way that you want it to work for you.
0: Which very well said. And I think a perfect way to end this episode and it ties back the way you want it to work is because you defined what your business and your life should look like and you're working towards that. So, no, I, I couldn't agree more that now is the time. Like I said, we're going to see more and more business and entrepreneurs growing million dollar businesses with zero employees. And yep. it's there. It's just, you know, just be smart.
1: Yeah, that's right. right. That's good advice I'll leave you with that.
0: Always good. I love these conversations. So thanks, Diana.
1: Yeah, thank you. And everybody take care out there.
0: We'll talk to you guys next week.